So as y'all can tell from the video, we're in a brand new series called In My Feelings. Um, this series has been a little bit of a, of a thought process of mine for the past week or two. I've actually, actually, this sermon came out for me a week ago because I was, I was following this thing on Instagram where, where it talks about the human emotion. And it talks about how, you know, Christ is the center of our emotions. So for this two-week series, I want to dive in to your feelings, your heart, where your heart's at. I want to check your heart for the next two weeks. Because in this culture that we live in, feelings are the detrimental decision of what we do in life. That's, that's what we always use. We will use feelings to create a decision. But how can you learn to control your feelings that, and make it honor the Lord instead of using it for other things. And so for these next two weeks, I want to give you, I want to break that down because I want to tackle a topic tonight, but I have two other topics I'm going to hit next week because I want to teach you how to learn to walk in emotional health that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. So for week one, I want to talk about follow your heart. Who's heard of that phrase before? Follow your heart or live your truth. You've heard that before? Some of y'all. So so you probably hear it in like Disney Channel and like like for the ladies y'all watch rom-coms or whatever. That usually comes from that. It comes from it comes from those hyper it comes from those hyper extensive moments of like no, follow your heart, like follow your instinct or whatever it's, it's called. And it's it's motivational in the moment, but the problem is is that following your heart can be very dangerous and I can explain this. I used to follow my heart all the time when I was a young Christian. I, I as a teenager, I, fo- I followed it all the time. So, so what it does, and I can tell you this, is that what, what following your heart does is that it causes a bad road to go down. It causes a bad road. Following your heart can end up leaving you heartbroken. That's what following your heart does. Following your heart will make will cause you to make decisions that will destroy certain things in your life. For me, following my heart came from trying to get into a relationship I probably shouldn't have been in, or being with people that I didn't really care about, but my heart felt empty, so I needed to follow my heart. My heart was looking for something, so I wanted to get with some friends just to not feel lonely. Following your heart is, as your pastor, is the most dangerous path you could follow is following your heart or living your truth. Because if you're going to live your truth, can it withstand life? Can living your truth withstand pain and problems in your life? Because the one truth, obviously, that we should live by is by the truth of what the Word of God says. That's what we should live by. I can't live by what I think, what I believe, all this stuff. Because what that does is that that puts you at the center. And that puts us in a place where we can't trust God and lean on Christ. So I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about how to, not just to not follow your heart. Now, now let me get this, let me, let me make this fair. Your emotions are valid. The way you feel about certain things are valid. I'm not saying for you to stuff your emotions. But are your emotions your boss? Are your emotions the leader of what, of what decisions you make? Is that what's causing you these problems in your life? So, so following your heart. The problem with following it is that it's not as trustworthy. It's not as trustworthy. 
because your heart has a lot of stuff. And here's the deal. You, and, and, and I want y'all to get this. You know you. I don't know. I know you, but I don't know all of you. I don't know the stuff that you, I know the stuff that you tell me, but then I also don't know the stuff that you don't tell me. I'm not just saying this as a pastor. I'm saying this for everyone in general. You know someone, but you don't know all of them because some people obviously aren't an open book, but also you have to realize something. Following your heart like that causes a path to a wrong route that you don't want to be in, that you don't want to go or or, or even aspire toward. Following your heart is a big issue in our culture because if you follow your heart, it's going to lead you into a bad place. The last time I followed my heart, like I said, I got heartbroken. The last time I followed my heart, I had a lot of stuff that went down because I did something that felt good and it wasn't beneficial. Following your heart causes destruction. It causes you to fall into a rut because you're following this. Now, the Bible does say that when, you're, when you become born again, you have a new heart. That's true. But there's a thing that, that people don't really tell you. They don't tell you that you have your new heart and you still have your wicked heart at the same time. What I mean by that is the Bible talks about in Jeremiah, I think it's 17, 9, I have it up here, where it says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it. What that means is that the heart, the regular human heart, because sin entered the world, the heart is now deceitful because of the sinful desire. So in a sense, our heart can become so-called wicked. But also when you're saved, you have a new heart. So for all my believers in here, you you don't just have a new heart. You have one. But you also still have tendencies. You still have that other heart that you have. And that's why following your heart is a problem. Because now you you are letting your feelings be the decision of everything you do. Of everything that you do. Every relationship you jump into, everything that you think is good for you, you're going to go by how it feels, not by what it can do for you. And that's a problem. So that's why Jeremiah says it, that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Now, this was Old Testament. This meant that Christ came in and gave us a new heart. But at the same time, we still have, I call it like the residue of the wicked heart. We still have residue that is still there from what we were before. So for some of y'all, you're saved, but you don't act all the way saved. Why? Because you still have some residue. We all still have residue. Let me be honest. I still have some residue in my life. I have tendencies. I have habits. But the thing is, is that do you want to stay in that place of that wickedness that you can obviously be set free from in Christ? So with the heart being deceitfully wicked, but also at the same time you have a new heart, Scripture says that our heart can be desperately sick and untrustworthy. Our hearts alone lead us to disappointment. What can we do? Matthew 16, 24 through 25. This is when Jesus is bringing his disciples and he's, and he's telling them how to follow him. That's what they're pretty much saying. They're telling him, 
they're asking, Lord, what do we do? How do we follow you? And this is what he says in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. We are called to pick up our cross, die to ourselves and follow Jesus. When we follow our hearts, we actively try to live our own way. This is the opposite of dying to ourselves in order to follow Jesus. And like I said in the beginning, emotions are companions. They're a great employee. They're a great part of you. It's okay to feel upset. It's okay to feel mad. It's okay to have these types of things. But are they the ones that tell you what to do? Do they control you? That's the question you need to ask yourself tonight. Is that are these emotions I have that keep haunting me, that keep pushing me, are these the ones that are over or govern my decisions? That's the question. Because even in high school, you probably have a ton of emotions in high school because you're with other people and people like to bully, people like to pick on you or whatever. And you have all these emotions and feelings. What are you going to base your decisions on? What are you going to choose rather than, because following your heart leads to destruction, y'all. It leads to a place because it's not, because you saying following your heart, that means you're not following Christ. You're following how you feel and how you feel in the moment. But God has called us to follow him rather than follow our emotions. Like I said, it's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with your emotions. But it's, it's their, what, there's one phrase it's called, they're indicators, but they're not the motivators of what you do. They're not the motivators of what you make the decision of. And that's a problem because we've learned to, we've learned to take everything on how we feel. Like, for example, if I don't feel the presence of God, I feel like it's not here. Or if I don't feel like something's happening when I read my word, I'm not going to read it. Or if I feel like God's not speaking to me when I pray, I'm not going to want to pray anymore because we go based off of a feeling rather than faith. We go by how we're feeling in the moment and that's why we don't pray. That's why we don't worship God. That's why we don't read our word because we're waiting for a a feel-good moment. Let me explain something very, very clear. God is not a drug to be taken. He is someone who who is not just, you can't even see God, but Jesus said, blessed are those who can't see. That means you're more blessed when you don't see him when you don't feel him, when you don't experience him, that's where you really experience God. So there's times when I'm in my office, I'm like, the presence of God is in this room. I can actually feel it. I'm like, nobody come in here because the presence of God is so strong. But there are times where I'm like, God, what uh, did you like, did you like unfriend request me on Facebook or something, Instagram? Am I like away from you? Like, are you not here? Because he's teaching a lot of us in this season to not go by everything with a feeling. Because if you go with a feeling, you'll be disappointed. But if you go by faith and believe it anyways, it's, 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 called, it's what he calls holding on to a promise, holding it tight. That means even though I don't see this promise happening, he promised it, I'm going to keep it. Even though I don't see this pain going away, I'm still going to hold on to this promise. Because it's by faith. Faith. The word faith means to believe. That means you need to believe it's going to happen even though it didn't happen yet. That's where your faith comes in. Following your heart will cause you to have, what's it called? You're going to look through everything from here to here. 
You're going to try and think everything out. You're going to try and put everything in your head and try and figure everything out. When in all reality, faith is not your heart or your mind. It's your soul. It's your spirit. Following your heart can become dangerous, but following Christ and believing him by grace through faith, which first John talks about, that means I'm following the right way. I'm not following my heart. My heart, I love my heart. I love my heart, but this gives us accountability because if we think we're all great within our heart, we'll never be able to see the stuff that we have that we need to let God get rid of. We're going to miss that because we're not letting God deal with our heart. God wants to deal with your heart tonight. God wants to deal with your heart this week. And if you're following it, I want to encourage you, follow Christ in this season instead of following your heart. And that's one of the, that's one of the points. It says, don't follow your heart, follow Jesus, period. Exclamation point. It's better to follow Christ than to follow your heart. It's better. Because with him, he gives me more of a clear head. Because when you, I'm going to be honest, when I'm in, when I'm, when I get angry, don't talk to me. When I get, when I have an uproar, I don't want to talk to anybody. Because I'm in a mode of emotion, I can't do it. If I'm really upset about something, I can't make a decision. I can't do anything for ministry if I'm crying my eyes out. I need to have time for that. I can cry, I can be upset, but is it going to be the decision of what I do? No, because if I let it become the decision, God can't use what he put in me. He can't use it because I'm letting my feelings overthrow my faith in Christ. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't have feelings. I'm not saying stuff it because that's even, that's almost even more dangerous than following your heart. Because if you stuff it, it's going to come out eventually and it's going to be a lot more painful holding it. It's kind of like, I don't know how painful it is holding a burp. For me, it hurts, holding a burp. Same, think of it that way. I know it's funny, but like an illustration. Think of it, holding something that could like, like it feels like you want to pop. It feels like you want to like explode. Having that emotion all stuffed up inside, you will explode eventually. So the question is, is that how are you going to handle your emotion properly? You take it with God first. Plain and simple. You're, when you have an emotional upheaval and when you have these emotions come up, who greater to take it to than the one who knows and created you by hand? That's far greater than just pouring it out on someone else that probably won't care, being honest, probably someone who won't care, and sometimes even feeling like taking it to someone that even though you trust, you can't see them all the time, so you're going to have to go back and forth and back and forth, and it's going to feel, and I'm not saying don't, you, don't let people counsel you. Do it, 110%. But without Jesus in it and without Jesus involved in how you feel and what your emotions feel like, you won't be able to, you won't get the healing that you need from your emotions. So following your heart, don't do that. But at the same time, don't stuff all these emotions that you should be giving to God and releasing. There's time, bro. I was in my car the other day. I'm going to be real. I was in my car the other day. And I was mad. There was a lot of stuff that was overwhelming me. And I was trying to, I was like, I got, I, this is not important. That was my mindset. It's not important. But then it got to the point where there was something that, that like, it, like, it was like a voice, but it kicked me in the side. And I believe it was the Lord. He's like, scream it out. And I was in my car. So I was like, because uh, I was in a parking lot. I wasn't here, but I was like, I, like had a, I was running an errand. 
And I was like, I don't want to scream. I mean, there's some cars around and, you know, I don't want to freak anyone out. I'm, God's like, it's closed. You have windows open. Just scream, whatever. So I did that. And the feeling of release in the safest place possible, not in a place where you're with someone else and you're just throwing it all over the table. You need to do it somewhere where it's safe enough, safe enough, not in a place where people can't be trusted or you're in a place where everybody knows about it. You don't want that. What you want is you want a private moment between you and God and to tell God, God, I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I've been burnt out. And he hears you. And this is what happens, y'all. When you release that, when you release the baggage, there's enough space for his grace, his peace, and his mercy to dwell within. Because once you release that, it's, it's not hard for God to give you grace. But it's hard for him, for us, to make the decision to let go of how we're feeling and to let his peace enter within our hearts. He's not, it's not because he can't. It's because we won't. That's it. It's not because we can't, he can't get in. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. But it's because we don't let him. So when you have this emotional stuffing, God can't get in there because you're already stuffed with emotion. You're already stuffed with all this stuff in your life. But if you don't release to him, because it's like, um, what's the scripture? Exchanging the burden. You're giving him yours and he's giving you his, which is light, the Bible says. So the challenge for you this week that I need you to understand is to lean on God this week when you have those moments of following your heart. There's a phrase I want to show you that really caught my eye. And I literally realized it and it blew my mind. Following your heart is another term, and I realize this. Following your heart is another term for leaning on your own understanding. I realize that. And the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in him. Here's the issue. When we follow our heart, our heart is what? Our emotions, our, our heart, understanding, logical stuff we, we know and understand. We use that to try and figure out faith. We try to use logical stuff to figure out faith. When sometimes you just got to believe it until God shows it to you. You just got to believe it until he shows it to you. Because there's going to be some times in your life where you're not going to be able to understand, but you have to believe anyways. Because uncertainty is where God works the best. And I'm going to tell you why. Because his glory is most shown when you don't know. When you don't know what's going on, God shows his glory the most. Because we're waiting for him to just confirm something. What if he doesn't do it when you want him to? When does he do it when he doesn't do the way that you think he's going to do it? How about them apples? How about that? Because, because we are expecting God to meet our view of how he's going to do it. When in our reality, y'all, he's doing it so different. I, there's, there's someone, I won't name them, but there was a friend of mine and they were afraid of death a little bit older and they were afraid of death. They were afraid of dying. They were saved and everything. They were saved by Christ, but they were afraid of dying. So the Lord spoke to them one time because they were in a lot of fear and the Lord had to calm them, calm that person down. And that person, and the Lord told that person and he said, listen, the way you look at death is not what it really looks like. 
And the reason why the Lord told this person this is because the way we think we look at stuff is because of how we imagined it. Some things in scripture aren't even the way we see it compared to how God sees it. We could have a whole perspective that's out of whack and God has a whole perspective that's actually good. And that's actually what he's going to do. So if you don't see him do the miracle in your life, he's going to do it, but he's not going to do it the way you think he's going to do it. If you don't see him heal something in your life, he's going to heal it, but he's not going to do it the way you want him to do it. He's going to do it exactly at the right moment, at the right time, in the right situation. I've seen it, y'all. I've seen God do these things. I've seen him do it in my emotions. I've seen him do it in my, in my mental health. I've seen him do it in those places, but it wasn't how I wanted it. But it worked. Because God knows better than you. He knows better. Leaning on him will give you the release of you don't have to try. Now, I'm not saying to not live a a, a Christian lifestyle. That's important. To live for Christ, to die is gain. You have to live for Christ. But for you to think that you have to try to do this and try to do that for him to do this and do that. No, no, no. You have to let God have control because once he has control you don't have to try to control anything you just gave him permission to do what he's supposed to do to do what he's supposed to do following your heart is dangerous but following christ is the most wise thing that you could ever do this week i want to challenge you again instead of trying to follow your own heart set your emotions aside don't stuff Aside for a moment and invite Jesus to lead you this week. Lean on him daily through the word and worship and place your trust in his leadership in your life. If you do this this week, if you release those emotions to him, if you give him what you can't hold anymore and then you receive what he has for you because God's like, okay, you got to get all this stuff out of the way so I can give you what I have for you. Because that stuff is your emotional part is going to separate you and you're not going to be able to see his blessing clearly because like I said when you're an emotional upheaval you can't see straight you can't think straight but when you give God this when you let it out and you once you do that then he can finally release what he has he can finally release it so I want to encourage you tonight don't follow your heart Don't lean on your understanding. Don't lean on your emotions. Don't lean on your preferences. Don't lean on those things. Lean on the Lord's words. Lean on the word of God. Lean on what he's telling you. Lean on those things. Because once you do, there's a huge benefit and blessing when you do that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, get my keys. Not my actual keys, but my keyboard keys. Or, Or, yeah, keys. So tonight, I want to pray over a few people in here that have a heavy heart. Not just a regular heavy heart, but a heart that has, that you've been following. Now let me, let me explain this so that nobody feels shame in this room. Just because your heart is not the best doesn't mean that you are the worst person in the world. That doesn't mean that. It just means that God has something for you that he wants to get those things out the way for you to experience it. So right now in this moment, if you have been dealing with a heavy heart, 
You've been walking in a path and you felt discouraged on how poorly everything's going in your life. Jesus is ready and waiting to put your life on the right road. Put your trust in him and commit to following him and he will show you where to go. He will show you where to go, to lead to. If you've been having a hard time trying not to follow your heart and you've been dealing with some things and like, man, I just feel like, I just feel like a, 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 a I feel like a, a, like a horrible person understanding that my heart does these things. I want you to receive mercy tonight because the Lord, Lord's grace goes beyond. What do I mean by that? That means it's farther than the east is from the west, from the north and the south. God's grace is so expanding. It's, it it, it's not expanding. It's already enough. His grace is enough for you if your heart is heavy tonight. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want to take a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you, if that's you, I want you to take this moment, just you and God, not me, you and God. This is between you and God. This is a personal prayer time for you and Jesus. I want you to ask him, Lord, lead me and help me not follow my heart. Ask him, Lord, I need some emotions to release. I have some things I've stuffed probably for years that I need to release. There's some things in my life that I haven't told anyone else about, but I feel like you're the right person to talk to. Lord, let me tell you about it. Tell the Lord what you have in your life right now that you need to release. There's nothing wrong with your emotions. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it's because of the sins of the world that we live in. Our heart is automatically wicked, but God doesn't want your heart to be wicked anymore. Yes, you're going to have residue. Yes, you're going to have habits. But the Lord wants you to know I've given you a new heart, Isaiah says. I've given you a new heart, a tender heart, a heart that's, that's soft enough, that's kind enough, a heart that wants to love others, a heart that wants to serve people, a heart that wants to live for me. The Lord wants you to understand that he wants to give, let you know that you have a new heart. And if you don't ask him, Lord, give me a new heart today. Give me a new heart. I've been, I've been feeling like I have a wicked heart, but I need you to give me a new one tonight. Ask him. Ask him tonight. Lord, I need a new heart. Lord, I want, I don't want this to be, even though this might not go away quick, Lord, I want this to not be my decision maker. I don't want this to be everything I think about. I don't want this to be everything that dwells within me. Even though, and the Lord wants you to know this as you, heads close, heads close, heads down, eyes closed. God wants you to understand that even though it might not go away in an instant, he can for sure not make it the, the forefront of your, of your heart. He can make it not the forefront of your heart. Let him be the forefront. Because people think, people think that Christianity is just an instant like an instant rice or something like that. It's like, like, a, like you just put it in the microwave and it's done in three minutes. No, 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 no. It doesn't go away. But what it does is that it falls behind you over time as you live for Christ, as you devote yourself. So Father, we thank you 
for helping us understand that even though, Lord, we were born into this world of wickedness, Lord, that we have been, we have inherited the wicked heart, Lord. Now we inherit a new heart, knowing that we have a loving heart, knowing that our hearts are fixated towards you. Father, we ask, Lord, for not to stuff the emotion that we're dealing with, but Lord, to give them to you, to talk to someone who knows you and who, who we can trust in, Father. Give us those types of people. Don't give us people that are going to use it against us, Lord. Give us people that are going to, to guide us, to walk us through it, Lord. And we ultimately need you, Jesus. We need you for our hearts. We need you for our spirit, Lord. We need you for our decisions in school, Lord, at our jobs, in our friendships, relationships, our families. Father, we need you to to give us the right decisions. Lord, let us consult with you first. Before we do anything else, Lord, we consult, Lord, is this a good decision? Is this a bad decision? Lord, what is it in our life that we need to change, that you can change, Lord? Father, we thank you for a new heart tonight. We praise you for a new heart tonight that we don't have to live in a wicked heart anymore, that I don't have to live in this, in this drought anymore, that even though it's not gone, Lord, it's not my focus because I focus on you tonight. I focus on your presence, your mindset, Lord, your word, your love, your grace is my focus. Father, we thank you and we honor you for this message that you have given to us, Lord. I receive it, Lord. I receive that I'm going to follow you, that I'm going to consult with you first, Lord, that my emotions are yours, that my emotions are towards you. Lord, when I'm having a horrible moment, Lord, I'm gonna go to you. I'm gonna go to you for these things. And Father, I pray for every student does the same thing, that they don't have to walk alone in their life, Lord, that they have you, even when they have no one else in the moment, Lord, if they can't call a friend, if they can't call someone they trust, Lord, they can call upon you for your presence. Father, we thank you and we honor you for this first week, Lord. I pray for the rest of these two weeks that, Lord, you're going to speak and that your approval, your anointing will be upon these messages. Then it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.